Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. All right. Uh, Sorry for no intro. I didn't have time to do it with my work schedule. Um, (laughs) But... It is what it is. I'm back to work, and money's flowing in, so I mean, I can't really complain. But with that said, I'm Chris, also known as Hotel Nerd, and I'm joined today by Galagos, uh, Movie Trivia Schmodown uh, Pro. Uh, Going to be asking a lot of questions uh, Schmodown related today. So if anybody is in the chat and wants to chat with us, have at it. Uh, if you want to send any questions, send them. Send the donations in Streamlabs. I have the link posted above my head. So with that, uh, let's get started. And uh, the first question I have for you is: How did you get involved in industry? Like, what what was the bug that triggered you to want to get into the industry? Yeah, with the industry, you mean with the the Schmodown in particular? Like uh, film industry, Schmodown. Oh. I mean, Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, probably the biggest, uh, the big bug that I caught um, in terms of the industry was I remember I was about um, 11 years old and I had watched uh, Terminator 2 for the first time in like six or seven years since I was a kid, since I was, since I was way, 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 way small. And then I literally just remember just being like, I want to do that. I want to do that when I'm older. And Luckily, that box set, I mean, that Blu-ray box set actually had, like, all these special features on it and stuff like that. So it was almost like a film school primer before going to film school. So that was definitely a big inspiration for me. And just going forward with every single new movie that would come out, it was basically just like a film school in the box type of thing. So, yeah, that's that, that, that was probably the big bug that I had uh, going into the industry at first was just wanting to do that all over again and just wanted to create something like that. And yeah, and then I went to film school in Chicago and learned the ropes over there. Uh, worked on a co- oh, and probably the, one of the biggest things as well too was uh, working on my first set over in Chicago as well. And that's, that's kind of when I solidified myself and I was just like, yep, yep I definitely want to be in this industry. <laughs> So how long did you uh, how long did you live in Chicago for? Was it just for going to film school, or did you stay a little bit longer? No, I, I definitely stayed a little bit longer in Chicago. I lived there from uh, 2006 all the way up until 2014. So that's about a good eight years or so that I was down there. I first four years I was there, I was definitely going to school and stuff like that. I was commuting back and forth between um. Chicago and the East Coast over in Connecticut, where, where I'm originally from. 
And then afterwards, uh, I was starting to get on more sets and I'm starting to get on more projects and stuff like that. So like, yeah, it was, it was about, it was about eight years or so. And a good six of those was a lot of set work and stuff like that, where there'd be independent stuff or, uh, just even the big budget stuff as well too. Did you do any of the Chicago shows at all? Like fire PD? Um, um, Med, I think it was the other one. Um, I actually I worked on um, uh, Sirens. It was it was a Dennis Leary show that they were producing. It was a remake of a uh, UK show. That was oh, probably okay. one of the uh, that was probably one of the bigger uh, ones that I worked on as well too. But um, also the other one that I worked on as well, even though I had no, uh, I, I had never seen a single episode of the show before. I worked on it. Uh, Shameless was another one that I worked on and it became this giant huge thing but the problem was I was living under a rock at that point and I had never seen the show <laughs> and it was so funny that uh, uh, my first day working as a set PA on that um, uh, we see like photos of William H. Macy all over the place and one of my buddies who was working on the show as well was just like oh man it's a crazy show and William H. Macy's great and then so Knowing what I know from William H. Macy before that show, you know, he plays like the lovable, avuncular uncle type of character where, you know, he's lovable, he, he does the right thing. And I'm just like, oh, he probably plays uh, dad on the show, right? And then my buddy's like, yeah, he does. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's probably, he's probably, uh, quote unquote, uh, hashtag uh, father goals. And then he just looked at me, he goes, you have not seen a single episode of the show, have you? And I'm like, Nope, and, and then and then so right afterwards he took me over to his place and watched the first season, and I was just like, "Oh my god, this is what I'm working on." <laughs> mm. Yeah, yeah. But, I, I just was. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, no. Um, but yeah, no. But apart from that, I I did work on a couple of shows over there in uh, in Chicago. Uh, probably the biggest one that I worked on. All right, you got a minute for a quick story? <laughs> yeah, sure. Go for it. All right, so the, probably the, one of the first sets that I worked on as well was back in 20, 2007. And I had really bad insomnia at that point, uh, being a college student and, you know, just also my first year away from being home and not being with my relatives and my, my, my friends, you know, just sort of just starting off by yourself, essentially. So it was around, like, 12 in the morning or so, I just decided to just walk out of my dorm and just go take a walk over to uh, – uh, the dormitories were in downtown Chicago, by the way, too. So I just decided, oh, you know what? I'm just going to go over to 7-Eleven and get a quick drink. And so I walk over at, I walk over into 7-Eleven and get a drink, and then as I'm coming out, I run into one of my buddies who's uh, who I had a development pre-production class with. And he's just standing outside of this building, just looking depressed and looking just just angry and stuff like that. And so I recognized him and I immediately went up to him. I was like, hey, man, how's it going? What you been up to? Uh, he's like, dude, I'm working on the set right now. I'm like, honestly, I've just been here for like over, over so many hours. I'm just ready to go home. I'm so tired. And like, like I could see the exhaustion on his face. So I was just like, oh, shit, well. Uh, well, I'm not doing anything right now. Uh, I, I can't sleep. If there's a possible way I could switch places with you. I totally would. And then he looks at me and his eyes go wide. And he's just like, wait, a minute, you actually would do that? I'm like, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so he, so he uh, pu pulls up his radio 
radio is his production coordinator and the production coordinator shows up and starts asking me a couple of questions. It's basically like, you know, what experience have you had uh, working on this type of stuff, which I had none. And so I still have no idea how I got on that set. And they give me this paperwork and on the paperwork is massive NDA that basically says, whatever you, whatever you see on the set, you will not talk about, you will not talk about for the rest of your life. <laughs> and, and here I'm streaming it, right? <laughs> but, but, it, but it's been a couple of years and I don't think anybody's going to, I don't think anybody's going to mind by this point. But, um, so they basically give me a giant NDA and then, uh, I see what the title is and it's Rory's first kiss. I'm like, okay, sounds like an indie thing. That's fine. Whatever. They're probably treating it as secretly as they possibly can. There's probably some big talent over there. And my buddy goes home and the production coordinator is walking me around the set. And I keep seeing Rory's first kiss everywhere. And I, I don't know what the hell it is. And then the production coordinator sits me in front of this tent. And then he basically says, all right, your job for today is basically going to just be guarding this tent basically making sure that nobody shows up in front of this place nobody nobody none, none like no pedestrians are going to be around this area whatsoever you basically have to just man the spot and so i'm like okay fine whatever and he's like and first off do not go into the tent i'm like okay all right all right totally fine totally fine so i'm about an hour and a half into basically starting my first day on, on the set and I'm still not putting it together. And about an hour and a half later, giant guy in a black suit with pointy ears pops up out of the tent. And I realize it's the dark night. Are you? No, <laughs> no, dead serious. Wow. It's, it's, it's the dark night. That would literally my reaction I just had there would that would be it like yeah. <laughs> what <laughs> oh yeah no and and then and then right then and there it um it snapped into me oh this is why NDAs this is why they had people guarding the set and this is why they had all this stuff all over the place and the scene that they were shooting that night was the um uh was the the parking garage scene that opens the film. Because it was the original, it was the original Batman. So. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. It was the original the Superman. Batman bit by the dog or whatever. Exactly, yeah, that one. And because we were right next to a parking structure the entire time, and I was just like, okay, well, it, it, it kind of seems like par for the course because, like, you know, in all these sets over in Chicago, you just think, oh, well, it's probably another film school thing, or it's probably just a small independent project and stuff like that. And by this point, the um. The, the film production film production over in Chicago is just booting up as well too. Like this is like Dark Knight was the thing that kicked the doors wide open. Like there were some things yeah. that shot here and there, but afterwards, like we got like I worked on after Dark Knight, I worked on uh, Wanted, I worked on uh, Transformers, which was oh my god, that was that was a hellscape working on that project. <laughs> It seemed like it was a hellscape watching it, to be honest. <laughs> oh goodness! <laughs> yeah, no. But but you know, but on, on these sets, you meet a lot of people, and you see the same people over and over again. You start to develop a, a repertoire and stuff like that, and that's how I got onto Sirens and Shameless at that point as well, too. It's just because 
people just kept seeing me over and over again. They go and, you know, when you pull up a resume and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Batman and uh, Batman and Transformers, uh, this guy must have been through the shit. So he probably does what he's doing. <laughs> now, was it Bale in the suit? Can you answer that without yeah, it was. getting yourself into trouble? Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. No, it's fine. Yeah, um, I, I always wondered if Bale was actually physically in the suit or if there was a body double that was doing all of his stuff for him. There, there was a there was a body double that um, that would be on set that would basically do half the stunts and all that other stuff as well too. But just whatever he couldn't do, um, there was there was two people there there was there, there was two people wearing the suit at once. But for the tent that I was assigned to guard, there uh, I think that was a uh, I mean from what I gather I think that was Bale's uh, tent. But it's because you know the 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 production coordinator and all that other stuff like having me on a couple of sets. They don't tell you to avoid somewhere unless there's talent there. So that's probably the big thing. But from what I was told later on is that um, apparently after I worked on Batman for like maybe about, uh, I think it was about three weeks or a month or so before I had to ship back over at home and go back to the East Coast. And oh my God, probably one of the biggest disappointments. Of, you know, probably one of the biggest regrets of my life was just... Um, they had offered me because I was working great with the, with the crew and stuff like that. And I was a night owl and I basically just operate on two hours of sleep. And I was just like, Brian and Shani going, going in the next day and all this other stuff. Um, I got a call from my production coordinator and they basically said, Hey, would you be up for making this, uh, make not necessarily making a permanent thing, but would you be on the stay for the rest of the shoot? And by that point I was still going back and forth between Chicago and the East coast and the problem was that I wasn't established enough out there in Chicago where I had a, a buddy to stay with and I wasn't making that much to get my own apartment and stuff like that. So I, I, I basically just had to, I basically just had to, you know, just, oh man, still to stay. Like when I think about it, I had to say, uh, I had to pass on the opportunity and stuff like that. And then a couple of my friends that were on the set were all talk, were all texting me when I was working on my shady movie theater job back over in the East Coast, and they were texting me just like, "Oh my God, we just saw Ledger in in the costume and stuff like that." And oh, like, like they were talking about this thing where uh, where apparently they got in trouble because paparazzos um, snapped a couple of photos of Ledger in makeup. Uh, I remember set. that. Yeah. I remember when that leaked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It leaked, and uh, there were a couple of photos of him on a skateboard, literally going up and down LaSalle. That was yep. <laughs> that. That was in part because of my friends. Because what they would do is they were shooting the um, they were shooting the uh, tumbler chase sequence. Um, they were shooting the tumbler chase sequence, and the problem was that you know with PAs, whenever you go down the sets and stuff like that, whenever you do like any of these high speed chases, like just imagine for every single shot, there is a moment where about a half a mile away is where the car starts and about another half a mile down is where you basically stop the shot. And if you can imagine PAs running up and down the street and stuff like that. And then some of my friends just decided to just take some skateboards with them just to kind of make it a little easier. And then uh, apparently um, Ledger saw that they all had skateboards and stuff like that and basically just decided to start chatting up with them and start riding on the board. And those were the shots that leaked out of the paparazzi was just Ledger on the skateboard. And so many people were just going, wait a minute, but the Joker's on a skateboard and he's not in the, he's not in the coat. What does that mean? And it's just like, Oh my God. Like 
just the amount of scrutiny that people have to go through in order to do these movies. It's just gotta love uh, social media. <laughs> mm. Gotta love nerds like me that pull things apart like that. <laughs> yeah, and then and then sometimes just like it's actually just a lot more simple than that, and it's not nearly as not nearly as uh, as complex as people make it out to be at certain points. <laughs> most, most of the time, I find that to be the case. That generally tends to be where it's just because there is no story behind it. I mean, there is, but it's normally. Somebody has a skateboard. The actor knows how to skateboard. The actor said, "Fuck it, I'm skateboard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bored." <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah but, nothing to do with the movie. <laughs> oh yeah, no, nothing to do with the movie, and it's just you know, so sometimes just certain things happen, and then it ends up all over the place. But like, you know, that kind of comes with the territory with certain things like that, but. Yeah, no, but apart from that, I mean, like, just the whole experience was just a great learning experience um, overall. I mean, uh, you know, even for even for the week, the the three weeks that I was there, like, it was it was still just like for someone that was still going through film school at the same time as well, and seeing what the process was and seeing how crews and so all. Basically, this stuff. you had a you had it in in school um, internship. Basically, yeah. Well, well, that well, that was the thing. That was the thing that um, that was the thing that also helped me out later on was that I spoke about this to my uh, to my counselor at the at the college, and he was like, "Wait a minute, you're away work. You're already working on the set." And I'm like, um, "Yeah." He was like, "Oh, okay. Well, I'm just gonna give you this list of like 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 <laughs> my, my counselor, Rich. <laughs> like 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 he was just like like he like he he imparted on me like this 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 um this great word of advice that was just like." Get on as many sets as you can. Just, just whatever comes along. If you have time, take it. Because here's the thing: is that a, a lot of people, like you know, even actors and even some, um, even some creatives and stuff like that. Like the one thing, P, P, sometimes people will just go into a thing, just going like, "Well, how can this help me out later on?" And sometimes you just have to, you just kind of, I mean. Sometimes you just have to, for lack of a better word, be nice and just dedicate some of your time and just try to help out your your fellow filmmakers. And you know, sometimes it pays off, and sometimes it doesn't. And I mean, in my case, I mean, I was just I was just buddies with with a guy over in a development pre production class, and I just ran into him and I just went over to say hi to him and just you know chat with him and stuff like that. And that ended up getting me on Dark Knight, and then Dark Knight ended up getting me just. Uh, people on other crews working on uh, you know some reshoots for Wanted and, and just working on Transformers later on down the line. Like it's you 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 don't know exactly how the pieces are going to fall into play. You just have to know that wherever wherever the pieces are, you just have to be ready for just whatever comes. And sometimes there's going to be really big stuff that leads on later down the line, and then there's going to be stuff that you know doesn't pay off, but. It only takes it only takes one thing going right, or only takes that one connection for just everything to fall into play. Oh yeah, I can I can attest to that because I'm I'm basically doing it right now. Mm-hmm. I reached out the one day that uh, Roka had to step out, and Nerdchronic came on uh, SEM Live. Yeah, and he was the first one. I, I put the thing out, and he reached out to me. And he goes, "Hey." I'm free. 
Mm-hmm. So we got Neurochronic on. Then Brett mm-hmm. reached out and said, hey, can we work something out? So we worked something out. And he goes, oh, and can Kate be on too? It's like, yeah, obviously, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, and, and if, if, I, if, and if oh, Brett man. and Kate would reach out to me today and say, hey, what do you when you have an open slot? Be like, we can figure something out. Even if I'm working like today, I work this morning, mm-hmm. and I will pull basically a double to make it work to get you guys back on because mm-hmm. I love Brett and Kate on our episode that we had with them. That yeah. was great. Oh yeah, no, totally, and. And and if I if I could just put this out there just just even just even for even a brief moment as well too I mean like I don't think Neurochronic gets nearly enough credit as he does just for no. just bringing people I know that in. I know that even as a rookie fan he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. Oh yeah, I mean I mean what is called I mean like like he he's got a lot of credit for 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 the editing and for you know just basically being a cool guy as well too absolutely as he rightfully should. But it, I don't know. It's 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 it still it still feels like still feels like people just need to like 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 I I have so many things to thank for for Eric. I mean, in particular, Neurochronic, and there uh, like he's hands down one of the nicest people I've ever met in my entire life. Like, oh, I get the, I got that vibe when we talked to him. Like, oh yeah, he like he'd be a great person just to sit down and share a meal with and shoot the shit, pick something to bring about something. About stuff, like oh yeah, absolutely. I, I get that vibe off of that. Just talking to him for that hour and a half or whatever it was. Oh yeah, no, absolutely. And like, um, what's called like like I heard this story on uh, SEN not too long ago where uh, oh no, it was on SEN. It was at uh, Night at Roxy where JT was talking about how like you know whenever he would get invited to screenings, he always had uh, his. He always have a plus one and stuff like that. And then he always had this buddy that he would always go to or his girlfriend that he would always go to screenings with. And then um, and then I started thinking about, oh, yeah, when I first moved out to L.A., like, you know, Eric was always my plus one to some of these screenings <laughs> because, like, we, we went to so many screenings together. And I was just like, hey, dude, you want to go check out the screening right after work and stuff like that? And um, it was just funny because I remember one day in particular, like, and that's also the thing too is that whenever whenever you broaden your net and whenever you talk to as many people as you can, eventually you will know far too many people than 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 you rightfully should in one particular industry. Like probably probably the biggest joke um, between uh, some some of my buddies right now is that they're just like, well, Andres. Um, <laughs> Like every ten seconds, I'm always just like, "Well, my buddy in the industry is talking about this, or he's talking about that, or he's doing this," and then, um, and then at some point, Eric's just like, "Well, you have a buddy that works at, at Warner Brothers, right?" And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> or you have a buddy that works over at a, you have a buddy that works over at 20th Century Fox, right? And I'm like, "Yeah, I do." <laughs> but, but but it's just because when you're in film school and when you when you talk to as many people as you can and you try to be as nice as, as you can to be to people as well too, you know, it's 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 just a bigger broadening net. And then the thing was that it was so funny when um, me and Eric we both went to a screening of something over on the Fox lot, and, and and it was so funny because like literally we're standing in line and as we're standing in line, 
uh, an old friend of mine sees me in the middle of the line uh, who's running the screening and stuff like that. Uh, an old friend of mine sees me and then he literally comes and goes, oh, Andreas, how you been, man? Blah, blah, blah. Oh, man. I'm like, oh, yeah, this is my friend Eric and all this other stuff. And then so he takes off and then uh, Eric looks at me and he goes, wow, you really do know people. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> 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 it's just people I met in film school and that we've all kept in touch. You know, that's that's the big key thing about this industry. Don't be an asshole. That's it. <laughs> yeah. You get I that exact cue. Like, mm-hmm. I went and I openly asked on Twitter, I asked Christian about using the logo and whatnot for doing the thumbnail. I didn't want to use any of his intellectual property at all without yeah. ex- his express permission. And I even did a schmobot to have him answer it. Like, I basically forced an answer out of him. <laughs> I didn't want to use it without his permission. Mm-hmm. Because that's just that's who I am. And I do it for PR the day that I did it I, the next day or afterwards as well and I, I didn't do it for that I did that because that's his property mm-hmm. that's his baby I'm not messing with it I'm getting permission before I use it I ask you for permission to use your picture yeah. before uh, I had John make the thumbnail up and because if I have somebody on, I'm going to get your permission before I use your likeness. I'm going to get your permission before I use your logo. I would expect anybody to do it for me. It's common courtesy. Mm-hmm. And I'm new to the game. Uh, I mean, I've only been doing this since the start of, January, uh, start of the year. So, mm-hmm. like you said, don't be an asshole. And yeah. I, I'm... Definitely. I mean, can I be an asshole? Absolutely. I like to be an asshole. Absolutely not. Yeah. But it's just at the end of the day, I'm trying to build a network. Is that mm-hmm. basically exactly what you're saying? Build a network, and eventually you'll know too many people. And yeah, <laughs> and I'm I'm on the ground level of building the network right now, like both figuratively and literally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so anybody, you know, that, anybody that thinks that I'm using it for PR to do that, I'm not. It's that's who I am. Yeah, and th- there's a fine line to walk with that as well too, where it's just, I mean, where, where it's just the difference between between uh, you know, like 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 as you said, some people think it's uh, self promotion or PR, but it's also at the same time, it's like you know, you want to put the word out that that um that that someone's coming on board and someone's dedicating some of their time to you know showing up and you know it's it's a gratitude thing as well right mm-hmm. exactly yeah yeah no absolutely so yeah so probably the biggest thing you can discern from from just my story of chicago is just don't be an asshole and just be nice <laughs> yeah and like if i'll be honest if I would get somehow get to where you are, and I'm going to use this as a segue here uh, to be on Snowdown. Christian would say, I want you to be a heel. I was like, oh, I don't know if I could pull that off because I'm not generally an asshole. It's like, <laughs> I feel real. <laughs> I would have a problem. It's like, I'm too damn nice to be an asshole. Can like, <laughs> I be an asshole? Yes. But I'll tell you right now, I'm probably going to need to puke afterwards because uh, it's not me <laughs> under normal. Oh yeah, no, no. See, see, 
uh, I, I don't know how much of this I can say, but um, I mean, with the, some of the discussions that have been going on and stuff like that, like just oh, actually, no, I'm, I, I think I can say this. Um, I was talking to one of the managers right before um, right before I got drafted. And one of the questions that kept popping up was, do you see yourself as a heel or do you see yourself as a face? And that was a question that I really had to think about because it's like, you know, what? at the end of the day, a lot of people want to be a lot of people are more comfortable being the face or, you know, just trying to be the, the hero, if that makes any sense. But when I think about stuff like wrestling when I think about stuff like my favorite eras of certain wrestlers, like you look at some of the stuff from the Attitude Era with, um, with, uh, with what's the name? I mean, I'm sorry, not the Attitude Era, but like pre-Attitude Era. Like you look at Macho Man stuff, like he was a flat out heel. Like, like he was a bad guy. And that was when I thought he was at his peak. And that was just him playing over the top, you know, and that was him where, where it was the big struggle between him and Hulk Hogan. And, I started thinking about it and I'm like, you know what? Honestly, like, I mean, like, you know, people, we all talk about being a face, but at the same time, it's like, there is a good line to be walked with when you go heel. And it takes, it actually takes a certain amount of talent to be able to do heel properly as well, too. Because if you're getting booze or if you're getting people that hate you really fast, you're doing your job and you have, com- and, and as, as, as many people think as like, it's like, Oh, well, you know, if you're a heel, nobody likes you and stuff like that. But you know, if you walk into a crowd of people and people are booing you all at once, you have control of that room. Now you, are- you say about, you say about getting people to dislike you really fast and whatnot. So in your opinion, I mean, again, rookie fan here. So mm-hmm. from what I've been hearing, Brandon Hannah is, <laughs> A pretty upstart person, but now he's basically doing the whole burn it all down uh, situation. You, did, would you say he's doing it right, or do you think he's taking it a little bit too far? Because the reason I'm asking that is I listened to uh, SEN Afterlife uh, last week, and uh, Jay said about um, um sorry, sorry, you cut off for a second. Him. Who who said it? Uh, Jay. He went and oh, he was yeah. the host of Afterlife. He went and he uh, asked, or it was either him or his producer went and asked for Hannah to be on. And they got a really snide remark saying no. And it's like Jay said, he doesn't mind that he said no. It's the way he said no. It was along lines, and I'm paraphrasing here. I could be doing anything else better than this. Or something along them lines. Mm-hmm. Like he could have just said no and been done with this. That he took it to the next level. And it, do you think that's just him in character twenty four seven, or is that be how where he's going like all out? I'm I'm gonna plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> I unfortunately have to plead the fifth on that one. But from but from everything, but but um, all, all all I will say is Hannah right now. He's if he's going heel, he's doing everything. I mean, he's 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 doing everything. He, he's taking exactly the right steps. That's 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 all I will say. If, if it's real or if it's not real, 
I'm going to have to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> but I'm, I'm just going to say from what you're seeing right now, that's kind of where that's kind of where I'm at as well, too. So it's I mean, don't yeah. get me wrong. I, I, I like what he's doing he, again, rookie. But from what I'm seeing and from what everything I've been told to do the complete flip, like I love that. Like what WWE would have done that to Cena like years ago and made him go, oh, I am the good guy. I am champion. They're like, fuck you. I'm basically <laughs> going complete renegade. Yeah. I I, yeah. I would have loved that because I love the, the flip on the head. Now, if you would ask me to do that, there's no way in hell I could pull that off. I would try to act the heel. You could tell I was faking it. it just, I just, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and there's, there's a certain thing to, um, I mean, no, no one, no one ever flat out just like says like, you know, they want to be the heel or something like that right off the bat. But it's also just kind of just trying to find your way to work that crowd. I mean, like uh, pro- probably, probably still one of, one of my, one of my favorite moments is, is uh, I was over at Spectacular. I was live at the Spectacular back in December and the minute Rob Burnett shows up, that audience is booing him, like just hard booing him. And he's working that crowd and just being like, fuck all y'all. Like, like what it's called. I'm the greatest. I'm the best. And so, in the typical way that Rob Burnett does. And it's just when he turned heel last year, that was, that, that was, I mean, like that, that everything he did was, was pitch perfect on that front. In order, if you wanted to be a heel, he did everything that you were, he did everything so right. And it was kind of something that, that it's kind of something that's interesting to watch. Like if you've seen uh, Robert Nett and on other stuff and like on the other podcasts that he guests on, you know, he seems like a fairly reserved guy, but when you, when you put him in front of that. I see him a lot on John Campia's show and he, he seems really level. Oh yeah, I mean, this, I mean, especially when when Campy is going off on this rants, you know, about Rob Hansen and stuff like that, and then all of a sudden there's there's Rob Burnett just like just being calm and collected. And I remember one of the comments at the very bottom is just like Rob should get an award for being the most patient person on the planet. <laughs> that's and 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 the thing is when you look at that that guy that's on that show, and you look at Rob Burnett on Schmodown, they're they're two completely different people. They're, they're, they're too radically yeah, it's a Jekyll and Hyde scenario. Yeah, but, but but the thing is, it's also about working the crowd. It's also about working working your angle as well too. And you know, if you know, and just I mean, for lack of a better word, uh, probably one of the biggest lessons the Rock learned as well too is just be authentic to yourself and just you know, just 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 do what comes naturally. And there's a really great video of it up online where The Rock was basically talking about how um, about how uh, when he first showed up onto the scene, he was trying to be the face, and the audience just flat out just wasn't having it. Like he got he like he got booed whenever he would win a match. Like his gimmick wasn't necessarily there. He was always he, he was always very thankful to be there and stuff like that. And that only made the audience hate him a little more. And then so Vince McMahon just calls him up and tells him, well, when you come back this season, we can do either one of two things. We can either keep shoving you down people's throats or we can turn you heel or we can turn you into a heel because people want to boo you anyway. 
And that to me was just sort of just like, you know, just that, that was a big lesson in terms of just leaning in and just seeing where, where, where things go naturally. And I thought he was amazing as a heel because, you know, the minute they stopped trying to be a face, he just got even more, I mean, there, there, there was, there was something even more, um, for lack of a better word, admirable about villain rock, if that makes any sense. Mm-hmm. Like just the fact that he just did not give a crap and he just, and, and he just did not give a crap and he did not give a crap if, uh, if, anybody liked him, he knew that he was the best one out of the bunch. He knew that he was the most electrifying man in sports entertainment. Like, yeah, it's. <laughs> yeah. Now he goes up and he gets standing O's like everywhere. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, exactly. So. I mean, and the same thing with Kurt Angle too. I mean, like people chanted, you suck every time he showed up um, to his theme song. And now, now we all chant "You suck" as a term of endearment. Like he, like, like, like we, mm-hmm. like, like we chant "You suck" because we love him. <laughs> like, like I, I was over, I was over at, uh, I was over at, um, it was called No Mercy, uh, not too long ago, uh, about two or three years ago over here in LA. And the minute that Kurt Angle's face shows up on on the Titantron, you know, you just hear four thousand people in unison just chant "You suck," but you could feel it in the air. <laughs> But you can feel in the air that, like, that, like, we all love him. That we all just freaking love Kurt Angle, even though we're saying something terrible and it's something that caught on. But the minute that he stopped trying to be the hero and he just, just said "fuck all y'all," we love him even more. So yeah, it's, it's kind of like Austin with the whole "what chant." Oh my god, I pissed so many people off in middle school with that. <laughs> like, I like, anytime, honestly, yeah. I think. Anybody that's in our generation did that at least once. Like the teacher would be talking and then they'd pause and go, What? 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 <laughs> oh, no. It was, it was either between that or um, what the hell is the one that The Rock would do? Oh, it doesn't matter. Like that one. That's <laughs> like, like, like probably it turned into a game with me and a couple of my buddies back in, um, back in middle school where it was just like, Try to get someone to explain something as long as they possibly could, and then just be like, "It doesn't matter what you think." Like when you hear them going on like a little bit, a little bit of a tangent, and then they start getting into what they're saying, you just go, "It doesn't matter." <laughs> I'm sure many, many of the detentions and out-of-school suspensions were earned with those two champs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. WWE can be attributed to all that stuff. I mean, like, Jesus Christ. Like, you look at you look at that attitude era, they were going insane at that point. <laughs> <laughs> so, it's like going back around to Snowdown. I would love to keep going down a rabbit hole with you because I know you're pressed for time. Oh, um, yes. John, who unfortunately couldn't be with us today because he had other prior engagements, uh, he had two questions that he wanted me to ask you. Okay. Uh, and the first one, actually, I guess both of these questions, I don't know if you really can answer them because you might be showing your hand a little bit. Mm-hmm. But um, and I don't know how comfortable you are doing that. But his first question is, is how do you study for a trivia game like the Smowdown? Like, what what are your methods? Um, yeah, like that one, you just 
bounce off each other like as a faction? Do you all just sit in a room and just round table it or what? That one well, obviously can't do that right now. Well, well, yeah, we can't do that right now, but all, all, all I will say is, I mean, I don't want to show my hand too much on this one as well, too, because, the, you know, tons of machinations are going on right now. And, you know, also, you, you, you never know who could be watching at certain points in time. But I will say um, we've, we've, we've kept in contact and we've shared some tips with one another. And even even Neurochronic and Drew have been very helpful in that front as well, too, and given me a lot of great pieces of advice and stuff like that. But um, as far as the exact um, way we prep, um, that's something that I'm going to have to keep up. That's something I'm going to have to plead the one, two, three, four, fifth. All right. <laughs> I, I but, figured as much, but he, he wanted to see what your answer to that would be. Yeah, I mean, but 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 the thing is that it's different between all the competitors, and it's 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 different between all the competitors. And what I'm finding out now is that it's it's it, I mean, with certain ways that people train and certain ways that people um, uh, prepare for these events and stuff like that, it's it's a real art. It's it's actually just like a real. It's actually just like a real. Um, it's a real mode of prep that you don't think about when you're just doing it. And I mean, not, not, not to diss the fan leagues at all, because even, even doing that, even doing that live in front of people that are streaming, that's, that's a talent in itself right there. But trying to figure out how to do that live when the lights are on you, when Harloff and Ellis are just right there, just, just feeding you the uh, the questions and stuff like that. It's it's a completely different thing. It's absolutely a thing, and it's not necessarily stage fright. It's just it's just um it's just circumstance, and it's just also just you know um, one of the other things that people don't take into account is the fact that when you're there live, you don't see like a little title card on the very bottom that has like you know something that you could read the, the question off of. So. You, so you've you've got to you've got to be on top of your game when you're listening to the questions as well too. You can't mishear anything because if you mishear something, that's going to be also that's also going to be disastrous for you as well too. So it's just a matter of prepping for just what a live event is going to be like, and then just um, just trying to know as much stuff as you can. Uh, because I remember one of the managers was uh, – I, I spoke to one of the managers over at um, Spectacular right afterwards, and he basically said that, you know, anybody can do trivia. Anybody can have all these movie facts. But the real key the real key thing is is seeing if you can do it in front of an audience and seeing if you can do it in front of the lights because even if you're very comfortable, even if you're trained to do that, even if you're an actor, even if you're, you know, whatsoever uh, online personality or anything like that, it's different when you go in front of the lights and it's different when you're live. It's different when they're calling out the questions and, you know, uh, you want to use a JT because you thought you misheard something. I mean, it's, it's the risk that you run. I mean, there's tons of things that go into prep, but, as far as the the details about certain things, I will say there's a method. It's it seems like it's working right now. Um, it's great, and all I will say is that it's different between uh, all the factions right now. 
Yeah, right. I, I hope that made sense. <laughs> hey, that's fine. Uh, again, I mean, I know me. I if I was in your shoes as a competitor, I'd be really sketchy on answering this one. But this is the second question: Are there any categories that you feel like you need more practice on? Ooh, that, that's that's definitely a big uh, a big. Uh, Pass on the one, two, three, four, fifth. <laughs> that's, that's that's definitely a big one. <laughs> I mean, I mean, um, I mean, even though my one of my favorite comic book characters, Superman, you know, put it on blast on a newspaper that his weakness was kryptonite. Um, I, think, I think he would have avoided a lot of conflict if he wasn't so brutally honest with Lois Lane. <laughs> if that makes any sense. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, I mean, but yeah, I mean, I mean, as far, I mean, as far as like my weaknesses go, uh, I, I can't necessarily dive too much into that, but I will say just having gone to film school and just going into not only just the genres I do love, but even some of the genres that I wasn't necessarily the biggest fan of when I originally went to, to school, like, you know, there there's certain directors that I just think are just kind of like, okay, you know, they don't speak to me at all. I don't like anything that what they're saying at all. It just kind of seems like freaking indie school fair type of thing. It kind of seems like typical just boring stuff when you when you go into it. And then when you start getting that knowledge of cinema verte and you start getting that knowledge of just what they're trying to do and you see exactly just what they're trying to tell you, it's you get a better appreciation for them and that's kind of the way I feel with movies in general, where it's like, you know, there, there was maybe one genre that I wasn't particularly too big of a fan of. And now it's one of my favorites. It's, and it's also one that I feel, um, I mean, I was doing some drills with, uh, with, with Drew and, um, and nerd chronic, uh, not too long ago. And it was a particular genre that was like, okay, yeah, no, before, before film school, I was not particularly a big fan of the genre. And then now I'm just like, all I can do is talk about the genre. So yeah, that's, so that, you, that's would say, you would say that your, your view on like watching a film uh, that you loved before, would you say that it turned your mind around on how you felt about it pre film school to now? Or oh, oh, no, no, no. Like, like for, 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 for a film that I didn't like it, sometimes it made me like it a little more because, you know, you see what, you see what they're trying to do or you see what they're, um, you see where they failed and, and where they fail is where you learn some things and where like, like, like probably still to this day, I watch just, bad movies in general because I mean was called I mean I, I don't think it's I don't think it's um I don't think it's a secret that uh Bloodshot wasn't necessarily the best film out there but the thing is that you can't necessarily just e even if something's bad you can't necessarily say no to it and just be like oh well it's terrible because of this without even watching it you know you kind of have to put in the work good movies are bad you have to you have to just sort of just go in with an open mind and you just have to see where they where they fail and where they where they do right and i mean as a filmmaker that's something that you definitely need to keep in the back of your head is just why certain things work and why certain things don't work but in terms but in terms of the studying for for uh for the schmodown 
sometimes the questions that will that will get you is the stuff that you're just not that that you're not naturally inclined to go see. So you're just like, holy crap! Uh, this movie with this actor, I saw the billboards for it. I have no idea what it is. You know, it's you know you're kind of in a dead end right there. And also, you know, they do have a new release section as well too. So that's 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 something where it's important that like you know, I mean, training for the showdown, you have to watch everything. I mean, you have to you have to try to watch everything because you never know when. You're gonna get that slice on the wheel that you're just like, holy crap! Um, I got this, and it's my second spin, so I'm kind of screwed. So you know, it's all, all I would say is just just keep an open mind. When I mean, my probably my biggest lesson is keep an open mind when you're uh, keep an open mind when you're studying, and keep an open mind for just any genre that you might not be into. Because at the end of the day, it is a study session, it is a grind, but you know, it's, it pays off big. And I just went on a long tangent right there about, about bad movies. And, oh. and, and, and your, your, your question was, what, what weaknesses do you feel I have? And I'm just like, yeah, I, I, I can't actually directly exactly what that is, but all I will say is that every movie counts equally. That's my point of view on that. All right. Well, I need to give a shout out here to Massive O. All the way from Madagascar, showing support. Oh, wow. It's <laughs> awesome. International flavor. I love it. <laughs> oh, man. That's great. It's a long way. It's a long way from here, that's for sure. Especially a long way from Pennsylvania. <laughs> yeah. From, I'm sorry. <laughs> Especially a long way from the East Coast, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> All right. So now on to my questions here real quick. Mm-hmm. Uh this might be a heavy-fisted one for you, but who would you want to face the most in the Schmodown right now, the way the rosters are set? Oh, um, the way the rosters are set right now, who would I want to face off the most right now? That's a great question, actually. Hmm. I mean... I mean, there, there, there's there's a couple people, I mean, like, not necessarily, like, like fit, I mean, like... It's it's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a it's kind of a little bit of a it's kind of a little bit of a, uh, a packed question on that one because like when I think of competing with some of these people, it's not necessarily like a oh man I want to take them down type of thing. It's kind of just more like like just kind of just thinking off the top of my head. It's like oh man, it'd be fun to do this. It'd be fun to do uh, it'd be fun to do this particular genre with this particular person. Um, you know, I mean, and some of the people that, that that I would I would love to have competed with at some point in time. Some of them are retired. Um, you know, I'm a big Shire Wolves fan, so that I mean, I mean, honestly, they, they I mean, uh, you know, Clark saw Clark Clark kind of went off and did her. You know, she she moved on from Ishmo down. You know, that, that's that's something that you know I, I have to respect and that's something that you know it pains me as as a fan that she can't that she's not competing uh like that anymore and it's just yeah i i i would i would love to have competed with her at some point but in terms of who's set up right now um you know what I'm actually going to plead the fifth on that one because there might be there there it, it, it might it might happen or it might not happen. 
I'm sorry. I, I, I feel, I feel, I feel like all the questions that you're asking me, I'm just like, oh man, I'm gonna have to plead the fifth on that one. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but in terms of, and, and the thing is, it's so tough for me to, to talk about that because there's a whole genre that that like for every person that I want to compete against, there's like a genre that I want to go into, and I'm like, oh man, it'd be it'd be great to do this genre with this competitor. It'd be great to do this genre with this competitor. But the thing is, even doing something like that is showing your cards and showing what you can and can't do. And mm-hmm. I, I still I still haven't done my first match yet either. So yeah. there's still a level of, of, of expectation that's going into that. And there's still a level of just, um, just trying not to set yourself up for failure, if that makes any sense. And then just trying to just just um, just come off as big of a surprise as you possibly can do. But I mean, I mean, but in general, I mean, like you know, there there's you know, I mean, it'd be, I mean, it'd be fun to compete with. Um, I mean, it'd be fun to compete with uh, with with um, with Bateman at certain points. You know, he's a big action guy. I mean, it'd be fun to go up against. Um, well, well, this is before I got drafted into Dungeon, but I mean, I always had. I mean, I always thought it'd be it'd be a lot of fun to go go up against Smets at some point. But you know, he's he's a teammate now, and if I if I if like what's called like you know teammate, he's really good dude as well too. And like you know, just being on the same team with him—that's sort of a dream come true for me as well. Um, yeah, and uh, I mean, and, and just seeing what Guy's been up to—I mean, especially with uh, his turn to heal last year—I mean, like that—that that would have been a great—that uh, wouldn't have been a great matchup as well too. I mean, oh, and what one of my friends as well too. I mean, I'd love to go up against the Barbarian at some point. I mean, just just the fact that you know. He's he. I mean, like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the 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 what's called the um the kayfabe already started to go into that, go into play at that point in time as well too. And it's just like, yeah, like like the like the first time I got drafted, um, uh, I put up a photo and like I put a congratulate. I I put like not a congratulations for myself, not my dude, but just sorry, but just uh, just sort of as like a big thank you to everybody that that had gotten me to that place and stuff like that, like. Nerd Chronic, Meteor Drew was a big part of that as well. Uh, Barbarian was on a couple other podcasts as well, where he was, um, where he was uh, basically saying, "Oh, well, you know, there's this Andres guy that uh, at some point, I think he'd be a strong competitor and stuff like that." And I was just like, "Oh man, like all these people that gave me a shout out and stuff like that, you know, just go ahead and thank him." And then Barbarian's first comment was, "Great, so now you'll see, now you have a front row seat for when the Finstock <laughs> comes up and beats everybody." I'm just like, "Oh man." <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're on this right now, man. We're on this. Uh, so yeah, in, in that sense, I think it'd be fun to to go up against Barbarian as well. Like, but, like there's so many there's so many people that that I would love to compete against, and it's just one of those things where it's like, you know what? Nowadays, it's it's more of a maybe as opposed to, you know, a pipe dream. If that makes any sense. All right. Uh, now we did talk a little bit about this before we went on live here. Uh, and again, uh, I, I apologize to anybody that watches these shows. <laughs> I keep saying it until 
I feel like I'm not anymore, but I'm a rookie fan and I'm trying to figure things out. The scoring system still feels a little wonky to me of how they do it for the factions. I don't know if you might be able to explain that to me a little bit more because I know Christian was talking about it here. This um, match, the past Star Wars match, he was explaining how the one team went from dead last up to sixth. And yeah, like there's like, I guess KO, you get more points than TK or TKO, you get the most points. And I mean, I, I'm starting to get the basis of it, but I'm not quite there yet. No, um, um, pretty much for the most part, that's exactly how it works. I mean, like the thing is that it, it's, um, it, it, it just takes a little getting used to in terms of, in terms of what the scoring system is like, but honestly, that's, that's that's kind of the way it is, and um, I know there there um, as as a future competitor as well too. There's certain things I'm trying to figure out as well, but it's it's all just in it's all just in you know it's it's all just in just immersing yourself as much as you can and trying to understand as much as you can from from this from uh, from the said thing. But I mean, yeah, for the most part. Uh, for the most part, I think that's exactly how it works as well, too. I mean, you get certain points for doing certain things, and then I know the trade-offs. I mean, I, I know um, trading and drafting also uh, plays a little bit of a role into that, I believe. But I'm as, as a competitor, I'm also figuring that stuff out as well, too. And I think probably one of the biggest things for me is just at the end of the day, you have no control over – over the point system or in terms of just what happens, you know, the only thing you can do and the only thing you can concern yourself with, even right now for myself, is just going in and trying to play as good of a game as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Because, because if you start every match, every match I've watched so far or listened to, mm-hmm. because I'm, I'm listening all the way back from the start and I've been watching all of season seven. Oh yeah. It feel it feels like every match everybody gives everything and that's great. I love that. Especially right now in the day and age where we don't have anything else. I mean, granted NASCAR's back and I'm a huge NASCAR fan. Live, die, breathe NASCAR mm-hmm. here in my house. <laughs> but um even so that still doesn't fill the need for the sport. Mm-hmm. And I feel like Schmodown is filling that need. And oh yeah, I'm loving that. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like, I mean, I mean, I I kind of I kind of call a little bit of crap for this um, when I revealed that uh, I'm okay. People, I'm I understand. This is a hated football team, uh, Patriots. I know, I know. We keep winning and all this other stuff. But as a New Englander myself. I, I, ha- I have to represent the home state. Like, you know what I mean? I have to represent where I'm from. You know, there's a lot yeah. of things I don't necessarily agree with, with with what they've done and certain people that I don't agree with what they've done as well, too. But, you know. Oh, uh, you're cutting off right there. I said, fellow Patriots fan here. Um, your thumb Brady leaving. It's going to be interesting. 
I mean, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, you know, Brady, Brady, he's against it. You know, I mean, I mean, in terms of the Patriots uh, being able to win um, uh, in the future, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of a double it's kind of a double double sided thing because at the same time, I feel that I feel that the Patriots have they they've definitely had a they definitely had an amazing streak, and you know Brady is legendary in, in that sense as well, but at the same time. It, it's it kind of feels like this was going to happen at some point, and it just kind of feels like time is caught up with that. And um, in terms of Brady leaving, it's 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 going to be it's it's interesting, but at the same time, it's I mean, I've I've always had that notion in the back of my head that whatever happens, no matter if a player is great or not, something you're they're going to get traded or they're gonna they're gonna go somewhere else. I mean, I'm sort of a little jaded because of the fact that. Um, when I was a kid, I was a big uh, Michael Jordan fan, and then he got traded off to Washington, and then that was just something I was like, "Oh man, all right, well, you know, <laughs> you, you, you can't you can't get too attached because these players are tradable in a sense." I honestly, and I see John's in the chat here, so again, John's going to hear this. I am 100% for Brady going by bias. I hate Brady so much. <laughs> uh, he is such a crybaby. And I hate Belichick so much. <laughs> he is the dark city of the NFL. I hate them both. The dark city of the NFL. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, and, and, and here's the thing, too, is that honestly – we we all we all hate change until all of a sudden it's the best thing that's ever happened. That's that's why I'm kind of like that's why I'm kind of like I, I I can't necessarily go into the uh, fun four or against Brady leaving because who knows maybe it might be the best thing that's happened to the Patriots. Maybe it might be the worst thing that's happened to to the Patriots. But at the same time, it's you know who knows by this point. And then also you can't you. As, as as much as Brady is getting all this like media around him and all this like you know praise and stuff like that, despite certain things, of course, it's it's um it's uh was it's you know, you, you you have to <laughs> I'm sorry I just saw the comment right here <laughs> I got distracted <laughs> but um <laughs> but yeah, would, that's John <laughs> yeah that's John. <laughs> <laughs> hey John, how's it going? Sorry if I didn't answer uh, in full detail the questions that you had as well, but <laughs> but yeah, um, but you have to also realize that that they're a team as well, and that you know as as much as one player can get all the credit and stuff like that, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think Brady would be anything without his team behind him. So you know, it's it, it could be a good thing, it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. That's that's all I'm saying. But for myself personally. I'm always up for change. Why not? Yeah, I mean, I, honestly, I see us having a lackluster year. I mean, that's even at the NFL even gets off the ground, all things considered. Yeah. Uh, but because um, the last I heard, the NFL wasn't playing again uh, the season going unless all the teams could be on an even keel. Yeah. 
which I totally get, totally understand, and I commend the NFL for that. I don't commend Goodell for much because I put Goodell on the same pedestal as I put Belichick. I hate them both. <laughs> uh, I feel like they're both Sith Lords of the NFL. I uh, <laughs> I would say that Goodell is Darth Bane to uh, Belichick's Darth Sidious. So, <laughs> yes, good. just good. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Lots of hate runs through me for Belichick and Tom and uh, Goodell. <laughs> the, that trio, I hate them all. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. my trinity of hate. <laughs> yeah, no. and that's that's totally understandable on that front as well. <laughs> well. I see us, I see us not winning the division. I don't see us making the playoffs. If we do, it'll be a wild card, and we'll get knocked out round one. We'll get knocked out right there in wild card. And um, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When you, when you went playoffs, I, I just thought of uh, Jim Moore. Playoffs? Wait, I just hope we can win a game. <laughs> playoffs? <laughs> but I, honestly, I think the Bills take our division this year because the Bills were strong last year. Mm-hmm. But I see the I see the Bills taking our division this year, just because of all things considered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's totally true. So, I mean, I know as a Patriots fan, that's also going to be another reason for them to burn my hotel down, as John would say. <laughs> but, I mean, thank God I'm not in Minneapolis. <laughs> Soon? Sorry, I, I went there. I, I kind of, that one's just hanging there. I had to take it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but um, all jokes aside, uh, thank you for being on. I appreciate it. Yeah, no uh, worries, man. Thanks for having me on board, man. I mean, I mean honestly, 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 it was it was fun to just chat up and stuff like that. But oh yeah, I, mean, I, I, I kind of feel like a lot of the questions that were asked, I, I'm like, shit, I can't answer a lot of that stuff right now. It's that's it's like nice story. That that's awesome. Like. My reaction that I had when you said what that was is like that would be my reaction in real life, if not pass out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's that that's that that's particularly just a fun one. I mean, because you know, for for the longest time, I couldn't tell that story to anybody because you just feel that you know, with NDAs and all this sort of stuff, you feel like there are a group of lawyers just waiting to come out and be like. Psh, and then you're just like, no, it's just they—they they, they just don't want you to speak when when it's in production. That's basically about it. But like, yeah, it was—it was funny that um, some of my roommates didn't even know I worked on it. <laughs> I mean, like, like they would see I would come home, and they just assume, oh, well, what's her name? And I'm like, I'm. I'm now, did you get any credit in the credits for that? No, no. That's that's the thing is that with um. With being a production assistant, you hardly, if ever, get any credit. Like it's mostly goes uncredited. Like if, as as much as the credits go on for like ten or fifteen minutes or so, you have to realize that for every one of those names that pop up, there's probably ten or fifteen different names that are right behind that that are basically just like, oh, this is 
also somebody that, that didn't get credit on or probably didn't work on it nearly as much. Or the other thing too is sometimes uh, you can't you can't necessarily uh, put on screen like oh the second unit caterer or something like that like you know or like oh the second unit PA when there's twenty of us like you know what I mean it's it's a slippery slope. It's a slippery slope. I mean, I didn't get credit for for any of it on screen. Um, that that was probably that was probably one of the was probably one, one thing that um, me and my buddies when we went, went to go see Dark Knight for the first time, and they were like, "Well, you never know. You never know. Let's let's look out for your name and stuff like that." And I just remember seeing that movie for the first time, and then just my jaw was on the ground. Just just even just just having experienced that movie, and I was even looking for my name. And then like me and my buddies were all talking about it right afterwards we were like oh we forgot to look for your name in the credits man i'm like oh it's fine that's fine just my favorite <laughs> my favorite scene in that movie is where the joker goes to blow the hospital up and it doesn't blow up right away and he's going and he put along oh, with it and it blows up he goes, <laughs> oh yeah actually actually um uh, uh i came back in the town on the day that they shot that actually Nice. And, and 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 my butt and when I came back in the town, that was when uh um that was when the school that was when the school semester was about to start up and all this stuff. That was actually a candy uh factory that they were gonna tear down. And basically they got they got uh they got permission from the state, sorry, from the city to basically turn that candy factory into a um into uh into a hospital and then they just blew it up. So they basically did the city's work by blowing it up. <laughs> yeah. It's official. Yeah. yeah, it works. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you're pressed for time. I can sit here and talk to you for however long. But oh, yeah. I mean, we've been, like, we've been on for a little bit, right? <laughs> yeah, we're, we're an hour right now. We're pushing an hour, 10 minutes. Uh, but yeah. um, I know you, you can do. And so, uh, uh, oh, sorry, you cut off there for a second. I'm sorry. I was saying that that was a great talk that we had tonight. Uh, hopefully, John can join us next time. Yeah, love to have you back. Oh, so, yeah, uh, maybe, maybe even like right after your first match on uh, Schmodown. So, oh yeah, I'd love to come back for that. Yeah, I'd so, love yeah. to come back and just chat up with both of you guys. All right, so uh, where can everybody find you at? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at, as a Galaghost. Um, you can also, well, you can also find me uh, doing um, uh, Nerd Chronic and uh, Video Drew's um, uh, Video Chronic quizzes every every now and again. I pop up as a guest. <laughs> um, you know, that, that's sort of been a hobby for me for a little bit, which is writing quizzes for them. So I uh, can't necessarily say what's going to be what's going to be on the next one, but it's going to be a fun time. So people should tune in. And uh, that's basically where you can find me. And uh, on Twitter, I'm constantly I'm also a working video editor as well, too. So um, a friend of mine just posted up a uh, I just worked on a uh, Man of Steel retrospective video for a friend of mine, um, uh, Higher Voltage. Um, he has some, some really great things to say about Man of Steel and why it's criminally underrated. And also we got a legion of other films in the pipeline as well, too, um, that we that were, that he's going to talk about and I'm going to edit for him and, uh, Man on Fire is going to be the next one. So I'm really looking forward to getting my hands on that. 
But uh, yeah, that's pretty much where you can find me, man. All right. And as always, you can find me any branch of social media. Just look up Poto Nerd. If I'm on it, you'll find me. Um, also, Patreon. Just look up Hotel Nerd. You'll find me there. Also, one thing I wanted to put out there, too, uh, because actually Larry, who I call my Newman, uh, I'm surprised I don't see him here in the chat tonight. Um, he uh, wanted to point out, do the uh, ratings on podcasts, because now we're actually in established and we're starting to get a base. Put the rating, give us ratings on wherever you listen to us at so that way maybe draw attention to some sponsors and make a little revenue and make things better. Uh, same thing with donations on Streamlabs and PayPal. Mm-hmm. You guys want to ask questions like tonight, if you wanted to ask questions to me or Galios, Streamlabs is the way to go. That's the way to get everything uh, through to us and it gives us revenue to build the channel bigger and better. Uh, because I would love to do upgrades to be able to give the best product possible and eventually maybe be on Christian's level with SEM. So, I mean, mm-hmm. for me, as of the moment, that's a pipe dream, like, far off in the distance, but it's possible if people help me out. Yeah. So, rate on the podcast wherever you can. Like and subscribe to the channel. And just... Show us support all the way around. So, I mean, I have people in here that I see on the daily when we do videos, like the Prince wasn't promised, PC, Larry's normally in here. I love the fact that we got somebody from Madagascar today. That just blows your mind. (laughs) (laughs) Massive O, that's his name. Massive O, Dark Faith 66. They're always a mainstay now. Uh, so, I mean, we're getting there. It's just, we just need some extra boost is what I'm saying. Yeah, so, yeah definitely. <laughs> but, yeah, thank you again. appreciate it. Sorry that I just went on a little tirade there. No, 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 no. No, it's fine. I, I went on my tirade, too, for a little bit, so it's all good. <laughs> Hey, hell, even before we started the stream, so yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, some of the stories you were telling, though, man, I mean, you got a story to tell. I'm not going to stop you. So, <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll, come yeah. On, I'll come on next time and I'll, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you a couple more as well, too. All right. I'm sure John will have some questions about that, too. Uh, but yeah, thank you very much. Have a good night. Uh, stay safe. Uh, hopefully, this pandemic lifts very soon and we can get to a certain point of normal. Yeah. So we can get back to, to uh, studio matches and hopefully your debut sooner than later. Yeah. Fingers crossed, right? <laughs> yeah. All right. You have a good night. now. Take care guys.